This is Christine Brown, and while I have to listen to this podcast as my motherly duty, you have the choice not to. My sons sometimes say some naughty things when they're trying to be funny, but really, they're just being stupid. You still want to listen? Go right ahead. I am not your mother. Welcome back to the Patriot Dynasty Podcast. We are back to our regularly scheduled programming. No more eulogy talk. We're back to 2003, week nine. Six and two Patriots heading to Denver to face the Broncos at mile high. I'm assuming it's still mile high back then, right? No, they had just made a new one, right? I think it's still called mile high, though. No, this is like the first or second season of Invesco Field. Whatever it was. Invesco, it was like, oh, right. Invesco Field at Mile High, whatever it it's is. It's like calling yeah. uh, the it, garden the garden sort of thing, you know? Isn't it like just Denver, the Mile High City? Yes. Yeah. It is, yeah. But I think that, I don't know this for sure, but I feel like they built a new stadium at some point recently during uh, this. 2001, apparently, according to this. Yeah. Uh, but it's known as Invesco Field at Mile High. And the because the Patriots had never won at mile high until that game wow so apparently it's exactly one mile high the third the 13th step on the west side of the state capitol building is exactly 5280 feet above sea level (laughs) well there you go that's why it's called mile Mile high High. exactly mile high and our listeners thought they weren't going to learn anything today yeah I thought it was because they like smoking weed, bro. Yo, get lit. Yo, you like toking up, dog? Come well, to it my is high. that now, isn't it? Um, but let's do a quick snapshot of where we are because uh, I don't know about you boys, but it's been a while for me. Uh, this season did not start well. Cut Lori Malloy the week before the season started and then lost to the Bills. And that same Lori Malloy, 31 nothing to open the season. And then we haven't had many losses since then. We, we lost to the Skins in week four uh, after a couple of wins back-to-back for the Eagles and the Jets. And now we are, let's see, one, two, three, four. This is, we've had four wins up until this. And so this is win number five. We're just going to get out there and say, Steve, what was the score of this game? I don't remember. <laughs> Craig, what was the score of this game? Stat checks. 26 24 that's 30 right? to 26 i'm glad you boys are okay <laughs> i actually watched it i just have the important information it is a one score game i watched it yesterday and i remember it is a one score game. i watched this a few weeks ago but let's say why people would know it because so yeah so this, this one is one of those named games you're right mm-hmm. this is the intentional safety game i feel like we should dive right into that because i mean Again, this game has the name, but like that name, there's so much more to the game than there was that just that one play. But that one play is what sticks out because we were talking on the last one where we're Mm -hmm. talking about all the different best coaching decisions in Belichick's history. Yeah. And this game was kind of tops on that list. It is, yes. And um, on that note, I I pulled a clip of, of our man, Bill Belichick. And uh, what he had to say about the game, <laughs> the post game stuff, because mm. this had this the post game recording was the awful in the beginning. The quality was shit. 
Yeah. yeah then, these are some old school, like definitely converted from VHS tapes. You can see like the squiggles. And then whoever and recorded it, thank God they recorded the post-game interview with Brady and Belichick. Yeah. Well, this is this is the one clip I pulled from because I mean we'll we'll talk about the rest of it, but this was my favorite. I thought that um, I thought we had played a terrible first half. I thought it was just awful. Uh, it was a miracle that we were as close as we were in the game. <laughs> so, Bill, how do you feel about uh, your coaching, your like one of a kind coaching decision come to fruition? These things that you practice that were like completely out of uh, left field. How do you feel about that paying off and you winning the game? Well, the fact that we're in this game was fucking bullshit in the first place. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't wrong either. No. Yeah, this this team had um, – oh, there were so many penalties. Let's see. They uh, had the, Patriots the had, highest to that point. Yeah, 14 penalties for 85 yards. Denver had four penalties for 30 yards in the game. So nine in the first half too, right? Because he was specifically upset with the first half. He yeah. was, yeah. He was, he was bullshit about the first half. They were they were they weren't even like cheapo penalties either. They were all I mean, for the, there's one penalty I can remember that was not deserved, but most of them were like, mm, yeah, yeah. And yeah, there was one there was one call that was, eh, but the rest of them were like legit calls. Oh, that means they're really legit, right? Yeah, Dandy's on that, then yes. Yeah. The but, only one that was kind of bullshit was like they drew Matt Light off sides. And even yes. Madden was like, that's bullshit. Yeah, and called it a false start, which it, it, like that's another thing that the Patriots practice is if a guy jumps off sides, the offensive yeah. line will, will reach out and grab him. So right. they make the call specifically. Do you want to talk more about the commentators in this, Andy? Because I know you're just burning it. Fucking yeah, John is, Madden, bud. This is I, Monday Night Football, too. Monday Night it's Football, ABC, John Madden, Al Michaels. Love it. I love that. Con- I am... I'm converted uh, John Madden fan. I know he got a oh. bunch of shit when he like was towards the end of his career, but he was nowhere near as bad as Dan Deardorff was. I just, I used to have a very negative opinion of Madden, and now watching the games again, he's so fucking good. He's so good. He's so good. Al Michaels kind of sucks with his like stoicism. Don't not a fan of that. I just you know, I, I like that. I think it's more professionalism than anything, especially no. when he's when he's paired with a John Madden who's so like flamboyant and over the top. Having that kind of like calming influence there, I think, is helpful. Dude, but he, he's like, I can say what you will about Al Michaels, but he actually called the intentional safety. Yes. Which are you fucking kidding me? This name me one commentator today that you think would do that, other than Tony Romo. Because like I knew it was coming, and you're watching it, and it was. Earlier than you'd think, there was what almost three minutes left in the game, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was like 251 left. Yeah, and you know, they're lining up the punt, and I was like, I bet you, t- you know, might, might be smart to take a safety here. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought, because my recollection of this game was the commentators were shitting on them as well for taking the intentional safety. No, and like we proved the commentators wrong, but they actually they both called it. And John yeah. was like, Yes, that would actually be a great call, exactly. Yeah. And then even like after that, when they got the ball back and the Patriots driving, John Madden's like, this is right, right here is exactly where they should uh, take a, a couple shots to the end zone because they were down by three. Like uh, go for the win and then settle for the field goal. And as soon as he yeah. said that, the Patriots threw a touchdown, which was the game winner. They were both. Right, so let's, let's describe the circumstances then, right? So people understand yeah, why. Yeah, because we might have some right? listeners who right. you know didn't watch at this point. So, or, or just don't remember it, right? 
Yeah, Steve, give me a recap of kind of how this game unfolded for me. Uh, Patriots, I mean, didn't Belichick just recap it for us? <laughs> Did you want me to do it? <laughs> you didn't let that clip go wrong enough because long enough because he's like, yeah, actually, we figured out in the second half. But yeah, yeah, they so, played not like, wasn't actually like dog shit. It was just so sloppy. It was so uh, on their first on the second snap of the game. Brady fumbles a snap and Denver recovers somehow, even though yeah. the replay looked like Brady fell directly on it and tucked it underneath him. So I don't know how the hell he lost the football, but Dude, they actually showed a replay of him like recovering it. Yeah. And John Madden was like, that's bullshit. He definitely has that. Yeah. And how does, how does, how that came out? Ran in there out. immediately. They're like the sideline judge ran in like pointing the way, like he could fucking see in the middle of the pile, like the x-ray vision. Yeah. But it's uh, yeah. even more important to note that like the Broncos, didn't have Jake the snake. He had broke his foot, cracking his toes. <laughs> I had that written. Oh, I have, I have some stuff on that. Yeah, so the Broncos are like already like expected to lose a little bit because their starting quarterback had broken his foot by taking his shoe off and cracking his toes. Yeah, as if you're cracking your knuckles. He did that with his toes. And somehow this time, he apparently he's done it for like his entire life. But this time... It broke his foot. What she got, Greg? Um, well, I don't know if we want to get into it now, but I just went, I looked up some funny injuries of pro athletes. Well, I, well there, there's about- even the other one from, uh, from like another Broncos quarterback, Brian Greasy. Yes. Also hurt himself. Uh, I think it was previous to that. I don't even think he was on the team. It was previous. One, but hurt himself tripping over his dog. To the point where he couldn't play football for a few weeks. But yeah, I mean, Greg, this is probably as good a time as any. So like, what other funny injuries did you come across in your infamous deep dive? Sure. So, I mean, some of the ones obviously we've heard of, there's like the infamous ones like Jason Pierre-Paul. Right. Blows his hand over the firework, Plaxico Burris, Martin Gramatica celebrating an extra point and tearing his ACL. Yep. Um, There's some more obscure ones. Wait, it was an extra point? Wasn't even a field goal? Oh, it might have been a field goal. Yeah. (laughs) Either way. Um, I tried to break them into like, was it stupid or was it just unlucky? Okay. Right. Okay. So, unlucky. I got uh, Kendrick Morales from the Angels. Yep. He was uh, he hit a walk off grand slam, and he and he was running around, and you know they crowd at home plate. Yeah. yeah. He uh, he does the jump up thing, and then lands awkwardly on home plate, breaks his ankle, and misses <gasps> two years. <laughs> two oh. years he doesn't play for two years. <laughs> I mean, that's a way to go out, though. <sighs> I know that's what I'm saying. And if you retired, it would have been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Um, it's tough. Uh, this one guy, this soccer player in England, Kirk Broadfoot. He uh, he Great. was he was trying to poach an egg, and he was using the microwave. <laughs> Where's this going? So he was poaching the egg in the microwave. He went to check on it, and he opened the door, and it exploded and like scalded his face. Oh my god. He's like, let's put this in for three minutes. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Holy shit. Um, that's kind of unfortunate. It's kind of stupid, too. Yeah, it's on yeah. the line. 
Uh, That's definitely the one. Yeah, Sammy Sosa sneezed too hard and threw out his back. That's a pretty famous one. I remember that one. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the stupid ones. Yes, please. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Tom Hodricourt. This was a uh, baseball pitcher. He was trying to. He had a. He had a history of dislocated shoulders, okay. and he was still trying to rip a phone book in half to impress his friends, <laughs> and then re-dislocated his shoulder. <laughs> I bet did they were super work? impressed. Did he, did he rip the phone book in half? Or I don't know. Unconfirmed, but <laughs> shoulder in half. Yeah, if you have a history of shoulder injuries, that's not the way to impress your friends. <laughs> And then uh, my personal favorite, Brian Anderson from the Diamondbacks. He was uh, he was ironing a shirt, and instead of you know like spritzing water on to see it hot, he put it to his face and then accidentally touched his face with it and burnt his face. <laughs> oh my god! I'm noticing most of these are baseball players. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the Lord. Jesus Christ. Wasn't there one, uh, there's some baseball player, maybe even someone local who like dropped a kitchen knife and like sliced his toe and was out for ages too. Yeah. There's all sorts of crazy ones. A guy like playing with a drone. There was a lot of like, uh, people getting tendonitis from like playing too much guitar hero, or there was one guy that was too much game boy. It was like a guy from the nineties. Shit. (laughs) Tendonitis from game boy. That's yeah, kind of impressive. People, like, like stub their toe and break their foot. Yeah, I think a baseball pitcher did that. Like their plant yeah. foot. Like they just fucking kick their bed in the middle of the night. <laughs> That's Man. unlucky. I feel beautiful. An unfortunate smelting accident. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Goldfinger. <laughs> My Vinky was a key. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, yeah, but to bring it back to the game. Uh, so with all these. Uh, yeah, so they're on third string, right? So injuries, yeah. Jake the Snake's out, and then Steve Berline, the backup's out too. So now you're right. on your third string quarterback. Danny Cannell. Danny. Giants Hall of Famer, Danny Cannell. Wait, he's a Giants Hall of Famer? No. He no. played for the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he wasn't bad. You know what? Um, watching... If you told me he was Jake Plummer, I would have believed you. Why? Jake or Plummer was good. I think Jake Plummer. Jake Plummer is underrated. I think every quarterback in this offense with um, what's his name? Clinton Coach. Oh, Shanahan. Yeah, any Shanahan Broncos offense is just like a white quarterback who can uh, throw really well off of rolling out on play action. It's all boot. Well, hear me throws. out. Hear me out. I was watching this game and I said, this Broncos offense looks like the Patriots 2020 offense because their run game was was sweet quarterback though well like if you take Cam Newton plus the Patriots running backs this year like those runs were as effective as Clinton Portis by himself back in the day and then everything else was bootlegs like get him out of the pocket show throw for 10 yards like easier completions nothing down the field no like and then you contrasted it with Tom Brady in this game whose only completions were like bombs. He was just throwing yeah. shots left and right. Yeah. And I think it seemed as though that was the offensive game plan was like, 
Because coming into this game, we haven't seen that really this season. It's all been kind of your typical Brady short game, which makes sense because he's still playing with a what's, what was the shoulder injury that he had? He had a separated shoulder. That's right. Yeah, he separated his shoulder at the end of last season. So now he's play. He's still playing with that. But this game, like yeah, like you said, every throw is twenty yards in the field. Well, like the Broncos didn't have a single deep shot. I can't uh, remember a single deep shot from the Broncos. They had one on the last play of the game that uh, Asante Samuel picked okay, up. Sure, their last hail mary was like the only time they even tried. Like them the same England Patriots this year is like, yes, we can run the ball. We can sort of throw it intermediately, but we can't threaten the field deep. And like it was the same way with the Broncos because Clinton Portis was legit. Yeah. That stretch running game from Shanahan was legit. Mm-hmm. And Shanahan knew like he had a quarterback who just like, if I asked him to do too much, he's going to fuck up. Right. Because so he's your to, third like, stringer for a reason. Yeah. I have to, I have to ha- game plan around him to solid run game, manage a game, and don't make the big mistake. And honestly, Danny Cannell didn't make any big mistakes. Well, I mean, that's because he's uh, your your typical wily veteran. They they made some comment in the game about how, uh, like, I don't remember which school he went to, but he was going to become a doctor. Florida State. decided to become a, a mediocre quarterback State, instead. Bobby Bowden and uh, his, like, parents were, like, the team doctors for the Marlins and yeah. somebody else in Florida. Right, exactly. The, the Yeah. So he's yeah, like, he, you know what, he, not, 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 he went not to Florida enough, uh, State, and then he went to the Giants, the Falcons, then he went to the Arena League. Yep. And then he played baseball for a while, played minor league baseball. And then this, I think, is his first year back in the NFL. After. Something like that, yeah. They yeah. mentioned that he played baseball and arena football before. Yeah. So, I mean, he's only 30, though. He's not like – he's like – he really he's really not like a wily vet. It's like his sixth year in the league. I mean, he's been around, though, and he's smart. And, yeah, I don't think he did – Poorly in this game, I think he did everything they could have asked him to do to win. And even Belichick said after the game, like we just made one more play than they did. This game was awesome, start to finish. Let's throw a uh, watchability out there because mine mm-hmm. is for Super Bowls and AC Championship. This game is eminently watchable. It's entertaining the entire way through. John Madden is crushing it, and it comes yeah. down to the last play. Yeah, out of six, I'd give it a four and a half as well. That's probably where I'd be. This well, is, I, this is one I, of the better regular season games. I tried to watch it, but I didn't make it to the end. So I don't think I can really rate it. Cause <laughs> I think the most exciting part happens at the end. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. But it was still like a good back and forth game all the way through too, though. Yeah. But there was no, like, yeah, there was a little bit of a lull, like second quarter ish where like no team could really get it going, but there's a ton of big plays. Yeah. Let's talk about those big plays. I was just going to say, yeah. So, um, first quarter, each team split uh, touchdown. Clinton Porras had a, a nice 15-yard touchdown run off of the Brady fumble like, a couple mm. plays later. Nice and, cut. Yeah, and then uh, then Brady gets immediately picked off. Yes. Well, he threw drive. a double coverage deep. On third and long, it was a, wasn't the worst pick of all time. It wasn't. Um, but then Denver, uh, Jason Elam, the the longtime Denver kicker, ends up missing a forty four yard field goal, which in Denver is probably like a thirty four yard field goal. But yeah. I think wasn't that when he? Yeah, you know, that's not when he came up hurt, was he? It was I the think next it was. He may have one more, but like 
there was definitely field goal kicking issues on Denver's part because like yeah. that was such a weapon for them kicking a mile high and Jason right. Elam was like the old school Justin Tucker. Yeah, and and that kind of Super comes into play at the end. Really too. long, yeah. Um, so, but then off of that missed field goal, uh, Brady, I think on the very next play, answers with an absolute bomb, sixty-seven yard bomb to uh, Dion Branch on the first play, which reminded me a lot of the first play against the Steelers in the AFC championship game. I think it might be this year in the cold. It looks very similar to this. I don't remember that, but we'll keep an eye out. Yeah. So remember I said this. Okay. It's on tape, Andy. So we don't have to remember. We can just rewind it and listen. Right. Yeah, Cause that'll happen. Um, that was it for the first quarter. Second quarter, uh, Denver gets a field goal from Elam, a 43 yarder. So all he needed was an extra yard in um and then brady hits givens deep and get inside the denver 20 but have to settle for their own field goal and then denver kind of moves on a bunch of patriot defensive penalties for the most part and put together the only touchdown drive of the second quarter and there's 24 seconds left um and so Broncos are up 17 to 10 at this point. Look like they're going to walk into the. That was a good drive by them. It was, yeah. I mean, most of the did whatever you wanted to, and they took like forever. It was like a really long drive, 14 yeah. plays, like eight minutes, you know? That's what Shanahan was drawing up when he's sitting there waiting for this game, be like, hopefully Danny can give us these one of these long drives. Right, it was exactly. Like 43 seconds left when they scored. But I think that's what. Uh, that's what rankled Bill Belichick too was that drive because of the the penalties kept keep kept yeah. the defense on the field on third downs and stuff, and uh, it ended with a touchdown pass to the fullback with 24 seconds left, which was a great play design as well. So they've been so hard on play action and like Clinton Portis was awesome, and so they ran a they were on like the five or the four or whatever, yeah. and they ran a play action, but instead of like the full black blocking for the play action he released in the play action and then portis blocked the incoming defender yeah leaving that fullback wide wide, wide open, open. Yeah. it was That's awesome nobody went out to cover him yeah. great play but like, on... it was like 40 seconds left so i went to go switch to the second half because this youtube video was like flipped into two and i looked and i was like a little bit left in this game yeah there's actually 24 seconds left after that touchdown but bethel johnson takes the ensuing kickoff uh, 60 something yards, I think 67 ish yards. Yeah, I can't even take that to the house. He 63 was, yards for how fast he was. I thought he, would be, I thought he was on like the when he yeah, got tackled, I was like, Oh, he's on like the 13 yard line. And I was like, Oh, we're on the fucking 40. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised how far. Well, you know, he's he was further. He did a bunch of moves. It was, it was, it was an awesome return. It and was. he had one guy to beat, and the guy got him Just, yeah, like by the shoestrings, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so because of that, uh, the Patriots get to run one more play, uh, pick up eight yards, and then they're able to squeak a Vinatieri 46-yard field goal. Well, how do they pick up those eight yards, Andy? I don't have it written down, but my guess is uh, team MVP uh, Kevin Falk. Yeah, buddy. Of course it is. Yeah. He actually MVP, a bunch eight of yards. <laughs> hey, it was enough to, to get Vinatieri in field goal range. Troy Brown eight, is clearly hurting yards. in this game. Troy Brown is definitely. Oh, let's make some excuses for our up. other MVP. He whoa, came whoa, in. Whoa, hurt. whoa, 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 whoa. 
<laughs> yeah, right? They talked about Troy Brown, and they said he was doubtful a couple of days before the game. Yeah, I think he was like a game-time decision, but they just didn't have enough. They said he was doubtful like three days. Before, like someone going from doubtful three days before the game to playing in the game is incredible. Yeah, not great. And if you Troy want to talk about wide receiver depth, um, pretty much all the Patriots injuries in this game were to wide receivers. Troy yeah. Brown came back hurt, but was still out there returning punts in the fourth quarter. Which, which he wasn't he wasn't during the game, but as soon as like when they needed that's sure hands and, and like an actual return. Take away my best Andy. Troy Brown. When they needed somebody to trot the fuck out there yep. and not fuck up this punt. Like this of all the punts this game, you cannot fuck this one up. They put out Troy and like we can't put you out there because you're hurt, but I know you're hurt. Get out there, receive yep. this. And he did and he did his job. And then Bethel Johnson of kick return fame. Uh, I think he pulled a groin in the third quarter. He had that like he slipped on a on a return and like fucked his ankle up too. Something, yeah. So, and he went down like a few times where he had to get like helped off the field. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, and Bethel Johnson's back. I'm like, really? Because I didn't think he'd be back at all this season. But so he kept like going out for a while and coming back. But I think eventually went out for good. And then uh, David Gibbons at one point was also being helped off the field. So like, Beyond got just... helped off the field too. Everybody got again. All their receivers got. Yeah, all just like a walking wounded from that. We'll get to Gibbons. We will get to Gibbons. We will. So second half starts. Um, let's see. The Patriots actually start putting some drives together. Uh, they're starting to figure out this Denver defense, who I think was one of the the number two defense in the league, according to the commentators. Yeah, but they're all no names. Well, they're also decimated by injuries. The the Broncos in general. Still, uh, they but, had Delta O'Neill bench. Yeah, they did. They're yeah. starting like these. There's a lot of, again, I mean, you look at it from their perspective of history of like, but like Al Wilson, I think, is the only dude I recognize in that defense. Really? Trevor yeah, Price, wasn't. John Maybe. Mobley. Mobley wasn't playing. Yeah. Delta O'Neill. He wasn't playing either. He wasn't starting. He was he was the, like the third down. Uh, yeah, he was like not even. He was like relegated to like Nickelback, maybe. Yeah, and punt returner, which we'll get yeah. to. Well, he yeah, yeah, he he didn't he didn't play well in this game at all, except for that fucking touchdown. No, he also fucked it up on the fucking free kick. <laughs> yeah, way way to ruin that though. Anyway, yeah, we'll get there. Just killing that flow. Yeah, idiot. Let's, well, let's go play by play till we get there, shall we? Okay. Yeah, let's let's, let's do it. Okay. We're going, going score idiot. by score because that's how we do on this podcast. Uh huh. So third quarter, Patriots starting to move the ball. Uh, Brady throws a, a beautiful. I think this. I. I don't think it is, but I want it to be true that um, this was off of a hard bootleg play action. Brady rolls out and throws a touchdown to Daniel Graham, and it felt like a fuck you to the Broncos who have been doing it all night on offense. Yes, so we can do it too. We'll throw a touchdown. Because you know? yeah. that was the only time they did it that I remember. They, well, the the Broncos did it pretty successfully a couple of times where like they established the run and then ran that naked bootleg off of it. Right. And then some guys there and it worked like twice. And then Romeo was like, nah, you know, and then it didn't work the rest of the game. It's yeah. kind of crazy. You could actually see the adjustments. You could see that like Shanahan and Belichick were like going toe to toe on almost. Oh, absolutely. 
both teams are so injured and like they're making do with what they got. Mm-hmm. The Patriots defense is decimated and yeah, there's a lot the of parallels. receivers kept getting hurt and like the Broncos were starting a third string quarterback and Portis yeah. got hurt and and then also um he came right back. Elam went down, so now they're yeah. Punter is kicking field goals, which meant um, Danny Cannell is also now the holder on field goals because the punter yeah. was the holder, but now he's kicking, so they need it. So, like, this that whole... was the sneaky. If Elam hadn't gotten hurt, we wouldn't have won this game because I think the game would have been twice from like the 30 inside the 35. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but uh, to go back to what Greg was talking about, um, Denver after Brady's touchdown, Denver goes nowhere and punts. And then Branch was back there returning the punt and he fumbled it. Um, but the and the, the Broncos recovered, but it got overturned. And I watched yeah, that was a ground cause fumble. It looked it was pretty clear. Yeah, I think the ground caused a fumble. So the, the Patriots got it at their own 18, uh, but it wasn't like it wasn't a good punt return or anything. And so they go three and out and punt it to the Broncos, but it gets called back for holding on the Patriots. So they have to punt it again. And this is where Greg was talking about uh, your boy Delta takes the punt return, basically right up the middle for a touchdown. That was a sweet punt return. He, he gave a bunch of people the whoop, you know, (laughs) it it was was not, it was not the blocking. It was definitely Delta O'Neal. Yeah, he did a lot of that. But, like, that's such a classic Belichick call, too, of, like, repunt it, you know, make him run again. And I think think in the the post game, he said, like, that's why we make him do it because they just ran all the way down there again. Now, like, there's a a better chance for them making a mistake the second time. It's like the uh, Steelers 2001 AFC AFC championship game where they made him punt it again and Troy Brown took it to the house. Exactly. Exactly the same thing, just against you this time. Um, So now we're into the fourth quarter. The Broncos have a 24-20 lead. Wait, uh, before we move on, um, did you catch that thing in Belichick's post game? Which thing? Where they asked him about the intentional safety. Oh, and yeah, he's like, yeah, we did that in 2000. Like, yeah, it comes out every couple of years. <laughs> really? Against the Broncos. No. And he's like, it didn't work out for us because Delta O'Neill took it to the house. Really? I, I looked that? it up and there's a, there's a primetime highlight on this and they don't show the intentional safety, but the, the Patriots took an intentional safety against the Broncos in 2000, the free kick to Delta O'Neill. Yeah. And he has a very, very similar return, just straight up the gut for a touchdown. So they free kick it no and Delta shit. O'Neill takes it to the house. Wow. First, and then they decided yeah. to do it again. Yeah, so there was like, third was like a, quarter. Oh, dude. we'll give up two points, and then they give up seven more. Like, oh, well, that was a nine-point swing. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Oh, I did. I missed that. It was the that same was player awesome. too. That's crazy. So right. like, he already seen Delta O'Neill return one on him. Yeah, uh, but it's funny because they were talking about how Delta O'Neill was in the doghouse with Shanahan yeah. for I don't know what probably bad uh, coverage. I guess. Yeah, they didn't I say. Assume. Um, but then he had that punt return for a touchdown. It's like, oh, maybe that'll bring him out of the doghouse. Um, spoiler alert, it doesn't. Um, well, okay, Al, uh, I mean, you know, Al was like, oh, yeah, he returns or her punt and return touchdown. Cool. Yeah, I was like, come on, Al, get excited, buddy. <laughs> I'm okay with Al. He's fine. 
Um, but yeah, so at the end of the that third quarter, fourth quarter, the Patriots are driving, end up settling for another field goal from, you know, it, the Patriots drove inside the 10. Uh, they can't finish drives in this, probably because they don't have anybody left on offense. Um, but Denver is now starting to run the ball well. I think Clinton Porter's had over 100 yards in this game, which is so far this season only the second player to run for 100 yards. You know, only the second 100-yard rushing game versus Pats. Uh, Miami was the other with um, what's-his-face. Well, that zone blocking from the Broncos was revolutionary in this era. You know, yeah, they yeah. were the only team running that scheme of, like, lighter offensive linemen, and they just blocked the zone and push everybody that way, Yeah, which created gaps for the, the one cut and go. Exactly. And also the cutbacks and the bootlegs off of it. And, I mean, it was yeah. – Shanahan was a great coach. I think that was clear in this game for sure. He could de- he could definitely run the ball. The fact that like, they were even close with a third string quarterback, and this is like a fucking hard fought game, and we we're the eventual Super Bowl champions. I mean, yeah, speaks a lot yeah. to that. What are you gonna say, Jay? Well, did you hear Portis talking about that? Where he's like, "I'm not that type of back." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's like, "Fuck that! I'm not gonna do it just because they tell me to." They had a whole interview of him just being like, "Yeah, I have like a six million coaches now." Just like, "Nah, fuck it." I'm yeah, it was something about how he's getting coached three different ways by three different coaches. Like, yeah, my running back coach tells me to do something, and then like the offensive line coach tells me something else, and then the head coach. So I just do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> That's it. Right? Like, There's definitely some truth to that for oh, yeah. sure. But like, don't go on Monday Night Football camera and say that. Good why Lord. not? Yeah, I guess maybe that's why he got traded. Well, I mean, he had a pretty it, fucking good career. Yeah, it worked. I mean, how many yards? Did wait, he wait. Have what would you rather have, Greg? Chant Bailey or Clinton Portis? Yeah, I mean, we already talked about this, but I mean, he had a good career. In two thousand three, he's, 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 he's a good running back. This, I'm not saying it's bad. I mean, I think it's great, but like, I don't know. I mean, that's know. a real that's a real thing of like when you're getting coached in like a lot of different ways, like that. Once you like, you have to be instinctive as a player of like. Trust what trust, yeah. I think running back more than anything, where you have yeah. to like trust your skill set and just fucking play to your strengths. Whereas like all these coaches, you tell them all this shit, you start thinking about it, and, you, and then you end up sucking. No, you overthink it. Uh, this this year in two thousand three with Denver, he ran for one thousand five hundred ninety one yards and fourteen touchdowns. It's the most yards he would run for in a season. He averaged five point five yards a carry. The Redskins. Uh, the year after. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the Reds, the Broncos sold high on him and got Champ Bailey, yep. who was awesome for like a decade. Right. I mean, he had four thousand yard seasons out of five after getting traded. True. But like Champ Bailey, and the lowest long one time. of those was twelve hundred yards. It wasn't even like yeah, barely breaking it. But Champ Bailey was. Epically good in a more oh, premium position. You're not wrong. All right. Um, so, yeah, so he's starting to move the ball in the fourth quarter. Uh, Denver drives to the New England 34, and this is what you're talking about, Steve. Instead of going for a long field goal, you know, what's that, 34 plus 17 is what, almost 50-yard field goal, give or take? It was, it was worse than that, though. It was like fourth and three. And they have Clinton Portis, who we just talked about, was a beast and like averaging like 4.3 yards per carry in this game. 
and they're sitting, looking at fourth and three and at the, the 33 and being like, let's punt it. Like, those decisions in this day's game are just like, are you fucking kidding me, you know? Like, they're, the game now is so much more aggressive of, like, once you're inside the 40, you're either going for it or you're kicking the field goal or you're getting a touchdown. You don't punt inside the 40. Yeah, this felt like the the very uh... – I don't know if Belichick started a war. He, he just because we're Patriots fans, that's where we learned it from. But that kind of like gray zone of like it's too close to punt, but it's too far for field goals. So we're just gonna fucking go for it because even if we don't get it, like punting it would only net us an extra twenty yards anyway. So there was a punt that so? like thirteen yards. There's this punt, right? Well, this yeah, this this punt. The problem with this is they punted from the thirty-four, and it was a touchback, so it was like a fourteen net fourteen-yard punt. I, I have a note here. You can see it. it's fourth and three. They run the punt team on, and then they cut to Belichick. And he's like, what? <laughs> he was legit <laughs> confused that they were punting. But really? He expected they, them just like, let's just go for it. We have a great running back. We can get these three yards. Like, just line up and stop us. Like, if you stop us, great. If yeah. you don't. A running back who yeah, in this game is averaging 4.2 yards a carry, and on the season, 5.5 yards a carry. Yeah, but like, Belichick did it earlier in the game, though. Punting from the 30? Short punt? He, he did. Yeah, he had, they were on the Denver 40, losing 17-13 to 13 in the third quarter, and he punted as a net gain of 20 yards. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't think, like, I don't think Belichick's much better. <laughs> what, what was our run, rushing attack this game? It was fucking non-existent. And what was it down in distance at that point? I don't, point? I don't like, It was like third and, and eight um, from the 40 is totally different than fourth and three from the fucking 32 when you have Clinton Portis who's averaging four yards per tote in this game. Yeah. But Belichick's decision is just as bad. Statistically. That was, speaking, the, right? that was like the first drive of the, the half though, wasn't it? Doesn't that was matter, like, dude. Like Doesn't if Belichick matter. had a running game that makes it the entire, you know, the down and distance makes all the difference. If you, I really don't at, think so. The Patriots I, I, this year are a great example. Like the, at least the Patriots offense this year would, would be aggressive in that situation. No. Of like, it's fourth and three. You're on the 35. We're not kicking the field goal. We're going to go for it with Cam Newton. Like Cam, no, I think the Patriots are behind the times on this. I think there's other coaches that got ahead of this way quicker than Belichick did. I think there's a lot of analytics behind it now. Yeah. And, yeah. and Belichick's not a big analytics guy. Right. Yeah. Like Riverboat Ron is the first one that comes to mind that was like, okay, this guy is like setting the precedent for being super aggressive. I would say, yeah, that's probably true. Uh, and then Peterson, yeah, Peterson is another one jumps so far, out. But there's, I mean, there's there's a blend of art and science, and yeah, I think so. I don't want to get too far into it, but like, you know, the Seattle Super Bowl was the perfect example of that. Of like, what did the analytics say? Yeah, and what about and not taking the time out and putting pressure on the other coach? And I, I still think that was a terrible decision. <laughs> But it worked out. It yeah, worked. it worked out in hindsight, but I don't think that's the right call. Like there's ninety eight the times that's the out of you might not think it's the right car. Looking back, but like even in this game, when the Patriots are backed up and like there's three minutes left, and I was like, they should probably punt this out. That was my initial thought when as soon as like they hit that, and I was like, Oh, this is where they this is where they did safety. And like I didn't it wasn't my like rational thought to be like, let's take safety here and like play that game. Right, and not only that, but uh, on Denver's next drive too, uh, 
and they made some strange decisions where they were running well again. I mean, they're just they're running for four yards a carry easy. And this Richard Seymour is out, by the way. Yeah, he he was a late scratch in this game, so he just didn't even play. So it's huge I think loss. I mean, it, it showed so much. Yeah, yeah, there there was huge gaping holes in the run game. Um, but you know, Denver's running well. I wrote Denver running well again. So of course they start throwing the ball. Uh, once they cross midfield and from yeah. there, they, like once they cross midfield, they basically go three and out. Um, they end up at the New England 35 and punt from there again. So that's twice. But this time they down the ball at the one. Yeah. They instead of the 31, being, uh, not the 35. Right. Yeah. Per my notes. And uh, page go three and out. Did not look good. But before we get there, Madden, when they get the ball in the one yard line, goes, I'm a believer. They can score. I pronounce <laughs> everything. They can definitely drive this down the field and score and win this game. I, you know, he did that, yeah, that was great. this year, but like, I don't know. I fucking, I used, like, I had a perception of hating Madden because of that Super Bowl, but like going back and rewatching these games, he's awesome. He is. He's great. He's so awesome. I love him. And he's just like tongue in cheek, just I don't know. He's he's the best. Oh, yeah, I'm a big him. fan of him. I always thought him as just like a bumbling grandfather who just like yes. didn't really know what he was talking about, and just Generally, like the team that scores the most points yeah. wins the game. Was yeah. like I'm just like drawing a whole bunch of shit on the screen with the uh, the telestrator. Wow, well, there's one there was one thing in this game where he said something and Al Muggins sort of called him out in it. And he just like doubled down and said, yes. Didn't realize as soon as he said, yes, he was being an idiot. Laughed, <laughs> just kept going. It was the best. Yeah. Big fan of John Madden in this. So, uh, this oh, is- I know what it was. It was like something about an orchestra and, uh, Al Michaels was like, they were talking about, oh, yeah. Monday night on the mic. Yes. It was like, I guess, the voice or like all of those singing shows way before they were like a thing. But with players. Players, yeah. That was weird. Yes. I saw that too. And I, I tried to Google it. Nothing yeah. came up. Really? really? There's nothing out there on it. That's so if any of our listeners know what the hell this is? Like, it's like a karaoke thing. But they're saying some of them play. It was like uh, Kyle Turley was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> which I would I would love to see video footage of him like singing some sort of fucking Eddie. karaoke the voice American Idol shit. But it's like that. I think they had like other people with them. It sounded like so, because yeah. John Madden was saying something where it was uh, a contest where like certain people would advance each week and then yeah. you vote and those people. So it was like whatever America American Idol American Idol. American Idol was American Idol, right? But his, his thing was like uh, it seems that if the player is the one playing the instrument and they have somebody else singing, they're most likely to win the matchup. Yes. He's like, well, he's like, if you play, if you have an instrument as well, you're always going to beat the dude with the voice. Only. Right. And Al Michaels was like, what about if they're playing the kazoo? And he's like, yes. And then he's like, uh, and then he's like, went right into like the commentary. Thing. Yeah. He realized that he, what he just agreed to and like, forcefully agreed to was yep. absolute bullshit and then just like kept on going like kept we're gonna ignore that. Ahead, baby yep. i loved it and then the where they had the little kid on the tv you know they had like a fucking 
one or two year old. Oh man, Madden love that kid, and he's like, oh man, he has no idea what's going on right now. <laughs> I was like, I was thinking that same thing. That little kid is like, what is this? Why am I on TV? And imagine way past that his kid. Oh. beautiful. Well, can we talk about Barrel Man real quick too? I mean, you don't want to talk about the intentional man. safety, the whole reason we're here right now. Barrel Man? No, the fucking intentional safety. You don't talk about that. Literally, the next thing up. No, I want to talk about Barrel Man because they right, talk to me about Barrel thing. Man. They cut to like this old ass dude signing autographs in the middle of the stadium. Yeah, he looked like I think he's in a wheelchair or something like that. And like, oh, great to see Barrel Man here. And John Madden loved him. He's like, I love Barrel Man. He's the best. He's like the best person of all time. And I was like, who the fuck? Is Barrel Man. Wikipedia it is this dude who's been going to Broncos games since 1971. Yeah. To like 19 or 2003 or something. He missed like three games total. Yeah. And his brother bet him that he couldn't get on TV at the Broncos game. 10 bucks. So he shows up in like a wooden like whiskey barrel, suspenders, painted orange, like the soda, I guess. Orange crush. Cowboy hat, cowboy boots, gets on TV. Yeah, because at the time, uh, the nickname for the defense was Orange Crush. Mm. So he wore an Orange Crush can. Well, it was like a barrel, an Orange Crush can. And then he did the same fucking outfit for like 40 years. For a long fucking time. Dude, do you know how many cold ass games have been in Denver in that time? He's going to every game. And like at that point, you're the barrel man. You can't not wear a barrel, you know? Yep. Yeah, he, he first wore a barrel in 1977. <sighs> and uh, he stopped in like 2000, like right before this, I think. He retired, McKernan retired his act after the 2007 season at the age of 67. Uh, because he, well, he showed up to games, da, 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 where is it? The dude yeah, he has had serious stat. health issues in 2003. And uh, after that time, he was restricted by doctors to wearing his barrel for one half of play. And then only when the temperature was above freezing. <laughs> Imagine the doctor prescribing that. Right. You can only wear this barrel to Broncos games one half a game when it's above freezing. The dude has a legit statue. He has a statue? In front of Broncos Stadium, yes. There's a barrel man statue. Wow, they do. Yes, and like this guy is, there's like a Bud Light koozie with like the suspenders on it. This guy's an absolute (laughs) fucking legend. Well, apparently... Uh, he would spend his off season with his wife, uh, traveling in their RV. Yeah. So, according to Wikipedia, due to the space constraints of living in an RV, McKernan sold his Super Bowl thirty-two barrel for thirty thousand dollars. They had everybody signature. That's cool. All the players signed it. Yeah. Did what a fucking centerpiece! If you're a Broncos fan. Hey, welcome to my home. Here's Barrel Man's barrel with everybody's Super Bowl winning signatures on it. Wow. Right? As you do, I guess. That's just epic. I, I mean, I don't know if there's so much of that these days and age, you know? 
Yeah. Bill's Mafia is like a conglomerate where like Barrel Man is. Yeah, I mean, the only thing you have now is Fireman Ed, but he's kind of a tool. He's the worst. Yeah. The absolute worst, dude. If we're ranking a continuum, Barrel Man's on the left and Fireman Ed is on the exact opposite of like douchebag. Everybody hates him. Yeah. I mean, there was the Hoggettes for a while. Those guys are great. I don't think they're so yeah. I don't know if everybody hates Fireman Ed. I think it might just be Patriots fans. I think you're like, ah, you're like I don't hate the Barrel Man. No, How I think he hate this yeah, guy? he's showing up in a barrel. division rival. But yeah, no, Fireman that's true. Ed is like, I don't know. He's just. He's just but, a fan that gets people hyped. We hate him because he's a Jets fan. But no, but didn't he go through something where he like he stopped going to Jets games and then like tried Hell to make yeah. them like pay him to come back or some bullshit like that? Uh, I don't know. He's like the Marlins guy, you know? Like they they're both like they seem more more focused on themselves. Yes. Where Barrel Man just loved the Broncos. Wearing and, a barrel because it helps the team win. Yeah, you know. Yeah. He's been wearing the Broncos because he's wearing the barrel because his brother bet him ten bucks in 1977. That I mean, this is so lying. he's in it for the money. No, he's in it for <laughs> he the was. Fucking, he's he's gritty. He's missed three games his entire fucking life. I th- I think Greg needs to be the next uh, Patriots barrel guy. I think he needs to be uh, chicken wing hat guy. <laughs> I just go to every Buffalo, Pats Buffalo game. Needs a, a chicken wings chicken hat. hat guy. Do you still have that? I still got it. All right. <laughs> I'm not going to games though, because we're not winning 13 games a season. So <laughs> uh, it's 12 that we averaged. Why would sense. I? Why would I buy tickets if we're not perennial mm. favorites? Because <laughs> they're cheap. All right, you sold me on Barrel Man. Initially, I had written down that he was uh, the fireman Ed of the Broncos, but. That's not true. That, no. Don't slander him like that. Apparently Dude, like not. the Jets aren't going to build a fucking statue to Fireman Ed. <laughs> well, they might. What else, they have to, what else they have to celebrate? He's like the Bobby Orr of fucking the Broncos. I mean, John Elway probably is, but okay. Sure. <laughs> the Bobby Orr of the Broncos. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I am hard on barrel man that's yeah like, no we can I see you yeah, fucking rock hard apparently yeah. yeah i love it i love that game. yeah jesus r.i.p yeah. someone needs to take a fucking ice bath over there <laughs> uh you know who else is about him john madden john madden also loved him oh yeah oh you've you've mentioned that <laughs> you know what else john madden loved when the pages took an intentional safety and uh I think they asked Belichick about this in the, the post-game show. They're like, uh, so you practice that? And he's like, no, we just tell the, 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 the long snapper, just chuck it as far as he can over the punter's head. <laughs> he's like, he doesn't need to practice that. He does that, he does that by yeah, accident that sometimes. Was a, that was a ridiculous question. Why'd you have to practice him not doing that? He's like, we, we, we practice it. And like, I think even like we talked about it. Like, yeah, yeah. wait, this needs a situation to be taking intentional safety. And like, did you practice a play? He's like, he just fucking snapped. He just asked the long side to snap the fuck out of the ball. Yeah. <laughs> he just froze it as far as he can over the punter's head. But I think low key, um, Lonnie Paxson hitting the upright yeah. was a key part of this game. Because, like, that's what's also super memorable. Not only did they yes. hit the safety, but he hit the thing and it bounced back in. Yeah, hit the upright and came straight back down. Beautiful. Yep. 
And uh, also, kind of constant confusion on the field. People like, oh, what the fuck? You know, yeah, Ken, Wal- Ken Walter freaked the fuck out. He's like, no, that the play is dead, right? The play is dead. He didn't know yeah. like if he should go jump on the football or like what to do. Yeah, yeah, because I because they were talking about the the commentary talking about usually you snap it to the the punter and he just catches it and steps out the back of the end zone. But and Paige I like, don't check this and just. See you later. Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a whole extra step that could get fucked up if he drops yeah. it and you know it's touched it. No, well, we're lucky as far as you can. Goalpost is technically considered out of bounds, right? Even though Correct. it's in the field of play, it's technically considered out of bounds. Blah blah blah. Yep. Imagine if they hadn't had that, then that would have been like a fucking touchdown Broncos, or whatever. It would have been a scrum, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then uh, this is back to Delta O'Neill, who well, oh. you want to describe the the. St- the circumstances of this because okay, it's so really yeah. ab- about as opportune as the time as you can get to do this right yeah oh, it's it's two point game so it's 20 24 well, 23 game. yeah 24 23 three minutes left you're on your one yard line right so if you punt it away you're they're probably gonna get the ball at like the 40th 40 yeah. like midfield, inside your we'll call it right and the alternative is you you're basically saying we'll have to kick a field goal to tie and then take our chances in overtime, right? Yeah. You're you're hoping for a three and out either way. If you punt it, you're getting a, a three and out, you get the ball back probably around your own ten yard line anyways. Right. You still gotta get a field goal and a touchdown wins it. So if you if you take the safety. You're you're basically gaining what like forty yards of uh, yeah as as long as you trust the defense you should be gaining yeah. about forty yards right. so either way you need a three and out yep so there's probably not a better time to make this call yeah there's really no other time to make this call like this is kind of That's the only time thinking, it comes up because I was like how often I I can't remember another time where I've been like ooh th- this is a decision should they take a safety right. Yeah, it's really, and it's like, just like almost never comes into no. play. And they asked him about that in the post game, and he's like, "Well, this shit happens every so often. We did it in 2000." But 2000 and he like was rushed different. off, like, "Yeah, it comes every couple of years." And like, I haven't found, I haven't it seen it since. since. Yeah, I like, mean, at the time, yeah, a, it had happened every couple of years because this is 2003, and it happened 2000. So like, yeah, every few years it happens, and then it just never happens again. Yeah, but that one, they're up 21-3 in 2000. So that's like a you're not trying to come back in a game. That's just he's like, all right, I'm worried about this getting blocked, yeah, and we're giving up a quick score or return for a touchdown, which is exactly right, what right, happens right. anyway. Where he's like, I'll take the I'll take the two points to make sure yeah. that we don't give up seven here. Well, I mean, this... mistake, though, they gave up nine on the play. <laughs> they gave up nine instead. Yeah. So it goes from twenty-one three to twenty-one to twelve. Yeah. So Steve, walk me through the uh, the return on this because I you watch. Yeah, this I mean, like that's the other part about this decision that honestly worked the opposite way of that whole what they did last time mm-hmm. because they choose to say, all right, let's get the field position, give up the points, and kick the field goal to force overtime if we have to. And which is crazy because think that. The last time I did that, they just had a return of their ass and for a touchdown. Right. So a little and bit this, bold. Yeah. In this case, Delta O'Neill, for some it's reason. It's the same return. Dude, that's the crazy yeah. part. It's, it's the same dude back there. But he doesn't catch it clean. Like, it, 
there was some miscommunication like between him and whoever like else was, was was back there. Well, they were saying little... that he was the punt returner, but not the kick returner. But still, right. like he had legit done it three years earlier and taken to the house. So it's not like this dude had never done that before. But he yeah, but the kick was a little short, so the guy in front of him kind of like almost looked like he was going to catch it, and then at the last yeah. second, kind of took off to go block. It looked like he didn't. Yeah, it was like you, you got it, I got it, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it, it bounced and went straight backwards. So by the time Delta O'Neill jumped on it, he was inside well, his own like, Caught it and they tried to like loop around and then like yeah. the around wasn't there. So he ended up going backwards. And so they ended up starting at their own there. 16, which is like, 16. you couldn't have done that any better. Yeah. It's like, okay, you want to punt from your own back line of your end zone and they get it on your 40 or do you want to give up two points and they get it on their 16 yard line? Right. Which is like a massive change. It's an easy decision at that point. Yeah. And then the Patriots defense holds for one of the first three. Which is outs. impressive because Portis was gashing them. Yeah. Uh, this was. Teddy had some good stops there. He played, he balled out in that last series. This was the third three and out of the game. The first was on the first drive of the game. Wow. Yeah. And the second was on the first drive of the second half. And then this one was the only other three and out, I think. I mean, they they needed it so bad. Yep. Like I said, Teddy was key in that. Yeah. And then this is where they send Troy Brown back to return the punt. Mm-hmm. So the Patriots end up starting at their own 42, which is perfect. Like you said, this is what happens when you punt out of your own end zone. The other team starts it around midfield. Um, and so the Patriots start at their own 42 with two minutes and 15 seconds left and a few timeouts, I think, still. Yeah? No? They have timeouts left? They had, they had three timeouts when they did the free kick. Oh, so I believe they used not. two of them on the three and out because yeah. they tried to throw for it to make the third down. They didn't get it. Right, right, right. Yeah, they, they threw went... a tie law of all people. Like, like we're getting, we need a third. We need to get this third down. Let's throw a tie law. <laughs> they had two minutes 15 with one timeout. So they had the two-minute warning yeah. and a timeout left. Yeah. yeah. And so then it was uh, MVP time. Kevin Falk picked up 19 yards on the screen. And then uh, a couple plays later, on third and 10, Brady hits Falk again for 16. And now the pass is driving. And this is where John Madden talks about this is where they should go for the win and then settle for the field goal if they don't, don't get the touchdown. And the next play was Brady hitting the back shoulder throw to David Givens. Was it over uh, Delta O'Neal or was yes, it, it his was. backup? Yeah. Yeah. It was Delta. I mean, that over was Delta tough O'Neal. defense from, I mean, it wasn't like Delta O'Neal's fault. That was a fucking. No, yeah. It was, it was the perfect, perfect throw uh, on his coverage. Yeah. Yeah. The back it was shoulder right at the corner of the end zone. That's a hard, 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 hard pass. Yeah. Run. Brady threw it at the pylon. Givens turned back shoulder. 18 yard touchdown. Givens was a G in this game. Yeah. He was so awesome. And, you know, I now that I'm rewatching the season, I realize how formulative this was in my uh, Patriots fandom because really? I loved David Givens. You did. I remember He that. falls out in this game. And I love the shark tooth hats. Yes. Because there's a bunch of pictures of me when we went to, we must have gone to England at this time wearing oh, a yeah. brewed shark tooth hat. I think this is this is the season where I, I switched from hard Bruins to hard Patriots. Hell yeah. And also, uh, weren't you a Titans fan before this too? 
Uh, no, that was like middle school era. That's when I could draw. So I started started to figure out how to draw. Mm-hmm. They're always my second team. Okay. There are pictures of me wearing a Notre Dame hat, a Michigan State hat. True. Those two go together. But never a Titans hat. No, never a Titans. Well, you had a jersey though, didn't you? You had like an Eddie yeah. George jersey. I think so. Pretty sure there was an Eddie George jersey in the house at one point. Maybe Is that yours, Greg. No, it was Steve's. Yeah, I thought so. Actually, yeah. Yeah. I used to love him because dad called him the man with two first names. <laughs> of course he did. Uh, but yeah, just to finish this game out, um, Denver holding penalty on the kickoff, so they start their own 13 with 23 seconds left, so no chance. Uh, and then the one deep shot, like we talked about earlier, by your boy Danny Cannell was picked off by Asante Samuel to end the game. Did you know his son is in the draft right now? And isn't his son also named Asante Samuel? Asante Samuel Jr. is like a first-round projected cornerback out of Florida State. Yeah. No shit. I don't know he was that high of a prospect. Yeah. Yeah, Doesn't he have a kid? Yeah, he's like a top 15 prospect. He's like the best corner in college football right now. And Winfield had a kid last year drafted, I feel like. Yeah, he plays on the Bucks. Yep. Antoine Winfield Antoine, Jr. Yeah, I remember that. That's kind of cool. Jamie will shut up a little bit in this game. But it was more like the the vets, I feel like. You know, the Teddy Brewskis, the Willie McGinnis, the guys who were, you know. The rookies have shut up earlier in this game, but like this game seemed like one of those like grind it out, win it, with just making one more play than the other guys sort of thing. Yep. And that's why Belichick put Troy Brown there to field that punt because, like, you know, I don't want to put somebody back there that could possibly lose Yeah, you don't, want, you don't want Deion Brown back there. Like, front like, I, even though he could probably he break just, it. There's more of a chance know, of him breaking it for a big play. Not even breaking it, but him not fucking it up. They were like it – was, it seemed like they were – both coaches were sort of playing to not make the big mistake. Yeah, that's he what I mean. He just made those two mistakes early with the interception and the, the fumble was bullshit, by the way. <laughs> a clear recovery by Tom Brady. That was a fucking worst call of all time. But, you know, those two mistakes early and Belichick knew, like, we shouldn't have won because of that, you know, because yeah. the game was so tight. It was very tight. The game was awesome to watch start to finish. Yeah, no, this this is definitely a, a a game that I would recommend rewatching if you can find definitely. it. Definitely, this one and the um, Bears one, the Lake Champlain one, those yep. sort of stick out a little bit. They're similar, and even this the Chiefs one better. from two thousand two as well. Yeah, this one was probably the best of those three though, because just because John Madden and we like getting over the hump in Denver too, you know. Yeah, that was yeah. This is the first that. time the Patriots had won in Denver. In a long time, I think. No, they'd won in that 2000 season, which is the first time in forever. And then Brady had thrown those four picks in the fourth quarter or whatever it was. Last time he was there in 2001, he just shit the bed. It was the worst game as a pro at that point. Yeah. And Denver had always, I mean, it, it continued to be honestly a tough place for them to play. And Belichick said it, you know, beating Denver in, in Denver is as hard as it gets. Well, uh, in the Boston Globe the next day, uh, Dan Shaughnessy, of all people, wrote about how basically the Patriots weren't the Red Sox. 
and didn't fail you at every turn. Uh, but he wrote, uh, the victory destroyed some of the socks-like ghosts that had tortured the Patriots oh, in the city. John, New England had won only once here, here being Denver, since 1968, and Brady was 0-2 against the Broncos. It was at this new stadium two years ago that young Brady threw the first interception of his career. The Broncos picked him off four times in a single half. The Patriots were also battling a Monday night jinx. New England came into the game with a lifetime mark of 9-19 and in the NFL showcase for Monday night. Yeah, people like taking at this point, understandably, take for granted of like the prime time show up and crush. And, you know, yeah. at that point, that was not the it's unusual. Yeah. Yeah. And in Denver, too. So we want to do best and worst? Yes. All right. Greg, you got any best and worst? Uh, yeah. They're kind of like unrelated, but just a couple things we didn't talk about. Let's hear it. Um, Best, I guess we'll call it the best. The Broncos actually had a pretty decent season. So they go to five and four at this game, Mm -hmm. but they end up 10 and six. They had the fourth ranked defense in the league and the seventh ranked offense in the league. Damn, with all those injuries too. Yeah. Defense surprised me because they had nobody back there. They Jake Jake Palmer nine and two as a starter this year, Damn. so that that's probably what really hurt him was Plummer's injury. Yeah, and I did a little bit of reading about Plummer, and he's like kind of a cool cat. Like he's uh, yeah? yeah, he retired early to like he lives in like Idaho, like completely off the map. <laughs> he was like a like professional handball player with his brother. He did a bunch of shit with Pat Tillman because they played at Arizona State together and really? in Arizona together. I was going to say, yeah, he started in Arizona. Yeah, so he's like a big Pat Tillman. He did a ton of, ton of shit with that. So my worst is I found some quotes from like Colorado newspapers when he retired early. Oh, boy. So they, sure were, they, all piss- they were all pissy because like he was like – he made the pro bowl two years before that so milo f bryant of the gazette in colorado said good riddance and the rocky mountain news went further if Plummer is willing to run away from five million dollars or so his spirit is as weak as his arm i feel like it's the opposite isn't it yeah (laughs) it's like literally the opposite listen to this fucking guy he (laughs) said he says that uh Plumber is contradicting the soul of competition. We cannot accept that in ourselves or in our heroes. What oh. a fucking Who is this fucking douche? Dude, some newspaper in Colorado. Oh, what a cow. God. Yeah. I thought the Boston and, media was bad. That's fucking pretty bad. And partly, like, I guess Plumber was like ahead of the curve on all the head injury stuff. Yeah. He sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, he was ahead of the curve on medicinal marijuana. He was like talking yeah. about legalizing marijuana that. to like, like deal with uh, football injuries. Damn. So I don't know. Plumber seems like a pretty cool He's, dude. I always kind of conflated him with uh, Jay Cutler, but like a cooler Jay Cutler. Yeah. <laughs> like a happy Similar style of play, but like less douchey. Yeah. Jake I always remember him with the flowing yeah. locks. Yeah. Well, he did that. He did that because of um, Pat Tillman. 
So he growed his hair and his mustache because that was like Tillman's signature look. Really? Before he had to cut it for the military. So that was like a, that was to honor Tillman. No way. And he gave gave his eulogy at Tillman's uh, funeral in a, in a suit with flip flops on. (laughs) What? (laughs) My kind of guy. I need a friend like Jake Plummer, man. I feel I like need we, need, we need a Jake Plummer jersey. Don't worry, Greg. Yeah. I'll give your eulogy with a tie-dye shirt that's yeah. cut off of the sleeves and a Santa on the middle of it. Yeah, the Santa shirt. That's what you need. And flip-flops, <laughs> dude. What a legend. Fuck that you. is, I mean, I sort of like Jake Plummer. Now I fucking love Jake Plummer. Big fan of Jake Plummer. Great nickname, too. Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake. Jake oh, the Snake's yeah. a great For nickname, sure. yeah. All right, Steve, you want to go? Yeah. All right. Um, There was a sweet double move to Gibbons. I'm going to highlight the David Gibbons great plays because he had a sick-ass double play, double (laughs) move. And that was definitely part Brady, part Gibbons, but both awesome. Yeah. Is that my most positive? I don't know. Do you have the play there where uh, Brady hit Gibbons in the hands and deflected off it and no. uh, no, Dion no. Branch caught it for like no, 20 no. yards? Because that was a great play. I did have the uh, question that they had a Broncos linebacker mic'd up. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about how he like was lined up for Al a play Wilson. and his mouth guard fell out. Yeah. And they snapped it on him. And they came back to show him that he's cutting his mouth guard and they get fit in his mouth against better. But then Al Michaels like, well, what are the archives of NFL Mike Pepper like? And I'm like, it's a great point, Al. Like, oh, man. Imagine all of the NFL Mike up shit that doesn't that, hit. That doesn't know? make, yeah. Yeah, we like we, get aired. Because like the Sam Darnold seeing ghosts thing, I remember them being pissed about that. Yep. Like they like they never ran it by his team or whatever. They, right, they, they right. released that without his acknowledgement. And uh, there's got to be like being the editor for that shit. It's got to be one of the best jobs in like audio visual, just being like listening to a fuck ton of sound effects and be like, yeah, yeah these are we can actually release. But like, oh my God, yeah. this is also ridiculous. Oh, if man. only my friends knew, you know? I paid good money to get into that archive. For like, sure. Listen. That'd be great. And then uh, probably my best best is uh, the last bit of this entire VHS recording. Um, this reporter asked Belichick, she's like, how good does it feel to go into the buy with a W? And you can you can see it in his face. Where he like he clearly had not even thought about that. Yeah. He didn't even he didn't even process that the buy is next week. And he's right. Like, oh shit! You're right. The buy is next week. <laughs> that's yeah. Nice. I guess that's cool. You know, <laughs> every week it's good to have a win. It was like his his like answer, but like you could see the gears grinding in his head. Yeah. He was so focused on the week that he didn't even have a thought he didn't even realize the bye was next week that's very belichick isn't it yeah oh yeah love it so on brand <laughs> got any more uh the worst i got a worse give me a worse. um you were talking about this book the other day andy the the dynasty book 
Mm-hmm. I started reading that. Got it here. Which is tough because there's no pictures and that. Uh, yeah, a lot of words. Yeah. Lauren has to read it to me and then I, yeah, I process yeah. it that way. But there's a there's a ton about Bill Parcells in there. And I already hated Parcells, but yeah. now I hate him even more. And in this game, he came up I'm like, wow, he's doing such a great job with Dallas, you know? Yeah. It's true. Yeah, so, yeah. Th- that book doesn't uh, doesn't paint a, a particularly pretty picture of the Bill. Parsons I mean, era. the the book is pretty factual. I feel. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that rough. and Brady got to up to eight interceptions in what week nine. Yes, week nine. So he's he's thrown a ton of picks. He has, but he's also. Is this his year with the most interceptions? Uh, let's find out. <clears throat> I feel like it's up there. Uh, do we want to guess what the most interceptions he's ever thrown in a season is? Twelve. I think 12 was, uh, yeah, I think it's twelve. Incorrect. Eleven. <laughs> Incorrect. Uh, this also includes playoffs. I'm assuming. Um, but in four years, he has thrown sixteen interceptions. He's thrown sixteen picks in four different seasons. Yep. Is this uh-huh. one of them? This is not. In this season, he would throw 14, which is the second most. He would also do that again. In 2002, three and four, he would throw 14 interceptions each season. In Hmm. 2011, of all seasons, 2005, 2006, and 2009, he would throw 16 interceptions in each of those seasons. In 2011, uh, including playoffs, he also threw for 6,000 yards and 47 touchdowns. So 16 interceptions, that's all right. Yes, yeah, six thousand. <laughs> How many does he have this year? I don't know. He's got forty tutties. Yeah, yeah, I'm in on Tom Brady this year. And the Bills. Tom Brady this year has twenty. Interceptions. He has twelve interceptions on the year. I feel like he threw a lot of those early too. So the most in the regular season he's thrown is fourteen, which was two thousand two four and five surprising because he's he's got a lot early here mm-hmm. he's up to eight in through what nine weeks yeah he'll throw 12 this season in the regular season that's pretty good so it was eight and nine and then yeah he recovers five sounds and... like a, a focus in the bye week mm. you're right Taking care get, of the football. Uh, get that shit sorted out uh all right so i'm gonna do the nerd stat of the week um, the Patriots have started 40 players this season, you know, 40 different starters, which is most in the league. And they showed a stat where uh, NFL since 2000, the annual leaders of most starters used. 2000, it was the Jaguars and the Patriots, both used 42 starters. Um, the Jaguars had the better record at 7-9. and nine. In 2001, it was the Bills and the Lions uh, who combined for five wins. Each team had 44 starters. 2002 was the Bears with 49 starters. They had four wins. And this 2003 Patriots team has 40 starters, um, which leads the league, and they are currently 7-2, and two, which is pretty impressive. Because if you have that many, you have that big of a turnover, that's uh, usually not a good sign for your Yeah, uh, I mean, and think about one of the starters is Lauren Malloy. Gone yep. for the year before the year started. 
So there's just so many different players. Um, yeah, this might be Belichick's, I mean, crowning achievement coaching, you know, just yeah, winning games. Cut him out. This is a gut him out game right here. Yep. With that intentional safety as like the crowning achievement of like just thinking, playing chess if you playing checkers. Yeah. Uh, my actual best in this game was they, uh, this was, I, I, do they still do it? I'm not quite sure. Um, but the Monday night game where each player used to say their name and like where they're from. Yes. And uh, Damian Woody called himself Big Wood in the player intro. Okay. Did, didn't say Damian Woody. He's like, Big like, Wood. And then wherever he's from, which is fucking I love like Eastern Illinois. And then they had to correct him on the broadcast. Oh, Alicupa, Pennsylvania. It's his hometown. Oh, yeah. He's a big, he's a big fucking hometown stand. He like does a ton of work for where he grew up. Yeah. And you'll have Greg on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the worst was they showed a shot of Pat Bolin, the president of the Broncos, and he's definitely wearing wide receiver gloves. <laughs> his suit and tie. Which here I'll even share the picture with you so you don't uh, think I'm lying. But I'll believe you, but okay. I took a screenshot and this is what he looked like. Those yeah, are those are wide receiver gloves. gloves. They, they black outside, inside white. The white, yeah, the white on the inside, and then you can see the little logos on the. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fucking hell. So. While well, uh, sitting inside, then, by the way, I want I want to do a uh, honorable mention to Micah Nor, the punter for the Broncos, who went two for two on extra points after Elam went down. Good for him. Cool. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. It's not bad. Yeah. Um. All right. What's next week? Patriots are gonna win. I'm home. Oh, speaking of Bill Parcells, Stephen. Oh. Bill Parcells coming to town. We play the Cowboys with his six and three Dallas Cowboys. Oh, oh no, seven and two Dallas Cowboys. Excuse me. Facing oh. the seven and two New England Patriots. Fuck. Uh, Sunday night game. Oh, Sunday Gillette. night. Oh, yeah. Nice. I'm in on that. That's awesome. Yeah. So if you have uh, anything you want to tell us, don't forget we uh, we haven't been mentioning this lately, but we have the Dynasty Hotline. You can text us. 603, what's the number? Something about Troy Brown shooting a three. 603-505-8043. Yes. 803-505-8043. Shoot us a text. Uh, we've got a couple, actually. Have we? Yeah. In fact, let's... Uh, from me? No, from an or actual Greg. listener. Nah. Yeah, uh, from... Uh, I'm going to butcher his name. Tariq, T-E-R-I-K. Uh, Tariq, yeah. Yeah, we got over the, the holidays. He said, Dear Brown Brothers, just want to say I love the podcast and look forward to it each and every week. Uh, this this may be our mother writing. Um, yeah. I love football, football history, and especially the New England Patriots. So these podcast episodes are right up my alley as I love reliving the Patriots of yester- yesterday on nostalgia. Anyway, keep up, keep up the good work, gentlemen. I look forward to more episodes and more stat checks. Sincerely, Tariq. So, That's true. We need to make Greg work harder. Thanks, Tariq. Yeah. What did mom yeah. say? I think that was mom. No, that was Tariq. Mom would be more about, I love each of you equally. I, I don't think she would say that. <laughs> Except for Gregory. Uh, Mom did say something. What did she say to us? Uh, uh, I've learned a lot about you. This podcast is inappropriate when you're talking about dick pics. 
that's about the feedback I've got from mom. Yeah, yeah, that 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 sounds about right. Um, Gregory, stop talking about your Willie. I think was uh, was up there. No more Willie talk. Willie yes. Willie Middlebrooks on the uh, Broncos. That's true. Uh, oh, there was also God damn. This should be a phone in. You people don't know my beloved Drew Bledsoe. Mm, yeah, that's mom. Yeah, beautiful. Love you, mom. Love you, Tariq. Yeah, and everybody Tariq, else. You're pretty cool too. Who sent us uh, comments uh, or anything? I love but you, yeah, Jesus. So let us know, Jesus. Jesus Christ. Six oh three five oh five. Eight zero for three. Four three. That's right. And we'll probably read it on the on the podcast because we don't actually get many of these. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Until next week, we will see you later. See you later.